Hello, and welcome to Sounding Out with Izzy, the podcast where we have conversations with musicians, music producers, publicists, live promoters, zine makers, journalists, and more about their experiences working in the music industry as women, non-binary, and queer people. I'm your host, Isabel Corp the founder of the Queer Femme music-based blog and YouTube channel, A Girl's Two Sound Sense. Today, I chatted with musician and entrepreneur Zylo Aria, who is the founder of Music Production for Women, an online learning platform connecting and encouraging more women and non-binary people to get into music production and music tech. According to studies as recent as last year, only 2.8% of producers are female and non-binary, while approximately 97% are male. And this is why I was so thrilled to chat with Aria, because by running this online platform and encouraging more women to get into music tech, her and so many of her other female and non-binary colleagues are truly doing the Lord's work. We also discuss some of her favorite current artists and the liberation that she finds in being a minimalist in her approach to creativity and modern life. Through this conversation, I also learned the definition of a psychology term called homophily, which means the tendency for human beings to only seek out the company of people similar to themselves, which greatly applies to, you guessed it, gender inequality. This was a very enlightening conversation, and I'm very excited for you all to hear it. As usual, I would like to remind listeners that I am paying for the podcast out of pocket. So if you would like to help me continue to create more episodes and maybe buy me a coffee as well, please consider donating to or checking out my Patreon at patreon.com backslash a girl's two sound sense. That's girl with three R's and no I. Those who join my Patreon will get to unlock bonus content, including music-based film reviews with special guests, unheard and unedited conversations in podcast episodes, playlists curated by yours truly, as well as early access to some of my YouTube content. However, I understand that finances are tight for many people, so if you are unable to join the Patreon, I fully understand. All I ask is that you give the podcast a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, as that really helps me out in my effort to get the podcast in front of more people. And without further ado, let's get right into this episode. All right. Well, I'm excited that you have joined me today. Would you like to introduce yourself for listeners? Sure, sure. Sounds good. It's lovely to be here, Isabel. So I'm Zylo Aria and I am a artist, a producer, and also the founder of Music Production for Women, which is an online learning platform created with the aim of encouraging more women in the area of music production and music tech. So to start off, would you like to tell me a little bit about your life and I guess how you ended up where you are now? 
Yeah, sure. So I, yeah, I guess I was writing songs since I was about 12 or so and singing earlier than that. And I, yeah, and, and I, I started working with like producers in my, in my school and we were just all kind of having a bit of fun creating different, different things. And I finished high school and I ended up joining a, an accounting degree because I felt like it was, maybe not so acceptable for me to jump into a career in music and let go of everything else from yeah I didn't think my family and stuff would would be too happy about that so I I started working in accounting did that for about five or so years after my degree worked in really corporate kind of setting and yeah and about five years into it I was like this is not my thing I feel very like I've lost who I am a little bit so I felt like I needed a bit of a drastic change and all during that time I was creating and releasing music and working with different producers to do that and also having a bit of a tough time with them and 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 yeah just was feeling like I was maybe not respected so well and and treated in a way that I wasn't I wasn't comfortable with and and yeah, I kind of got to a last straw in both those areas with my music, <clears throat> working with other producers and and my work as well. So I decided to quit everything and move overseas. So I felt this kind of pull towards the UK because a lot of the artists that I really loved were from there. So I yeah quit my job, moved to the UK. And there I kind of threw myself into music and went to so many different networking networking events and and the industry over there just kind of really threw threw myself into it. And there the idea for music production for women sort of materialised because I was just reflecting on my journey and had also gotten to a point where I was releasing my own music and I felt like it changed everything and it made made things or brought things within my control when it came to creating music. And I was thinking, surely there are other women that are in a similar position that are feeling a bit frustrated at not getting the outcome that they want with their music because they feel like they're relying on someone else. So I, yeah, I decided to put everything in one place that would have helped me to get get there more quickly with relation to creating my own music. And, and yeah, so MPW was born out of that. So, it, yeah, it is a teaching platform and there's a big focus on community so that women don't feel alone or don't feel like they're the odd person out learning this thing and a big focus on role models and teachers as well that our students can relate themselves to because I think if you can't yeah if you can't see anyone like you doing this it's more likely that you will feel like it's not a space for you as well so anyway that's a bit of a long-winded story but yeah four years into running MPW it's, it's starting to flourish and we're starting to see a lot a lot of people join us from loads of different places around the world which is incredible for me yes that's so awesome to hear especially because I feel like in all like even not just production like all facets of music making like 
it's such a boys club. Even record stores can be intimidating to walk into for so many women, femme, queer people who aren't cis straight or at least cis straight passing men. And I remember like, even I can be like a little bit like judge a bookie kind of like, which, which is like, I feel like we all have those like traits, which is unfortunate, but like, cause I remember when I met someone who's a really good friend of mine now, we were just like talking about like how long we had each been in New York for. And I remember saying, well, you know, I went to school in the East village and stuff like that. And he was like, oh yeah, East village. I used to work at the guitar center on 14th and 6th. And and this guy, my friend, he's like, he's like a local hunk. Like he's a really like towering, like, like, but it, like, and so sweet. But I remember thinking in that moment, if I had walked into that guitar center and I had seen a clerk who looked like you, I would have sprinted in the opposite direction <laughs> because yeah. like just after years of trauma and like unfortunate experiences and then after a compiled with all the horrifying stories you hear from women in music who have had those types of experiences at the hands of men like like that was like a moment where even I had to step back and be like oh wow like it sucks that I had like walked into all these spaces just like expecting it to be gatekeepy or for me to be harassed like mm. you know it really, it's really unfortunate. And that's why I really love what you're doing. Cause talk about like a representation disparity. Like, I think it like the last time I checked, it was like 2% like, and so, and so like, you'd think in an online world, like where we have the internet and everything, you'd think it would be so much easier for women in production to connect and mobilize, but it still seems to be so siloed even today why do you think that is well I think one thing that you mentioned there about expecting to be harassed like I think that's definitely a thing like I was so I was talking about this on our podcast with a YouTuber called Ben Jordan who made a really interesting video about why there's so few female producers and interviewed a lot of different women about this and one thing that a lot of his interviewees were saying was that you can't really be complete, like being creative requires vulnerability and requires you to be open and honest with yourself. And you can't really do that in a room which has a bunch of guys that you feel like you need to have your guard up all the time just in case something goes wrong and, and you're looking for signs of, you know, are they hitting on me or what? or whatever that is, and that doesn't allow, you know, having walls up is the opposite of being vulnerable. So then it it is a self-defeating thing already. So I think that is one of it, that one of the things that you mentioned is, is just having had enough of these experiences as a collective group with us and now the more I talk about this, talk about this to our students, I realise it's such a prevalent thing. Like sometimes, and I don't know if you've experienced this as well, but I used to tell myself that, oh, maybe it's just me. Like maybe I'm just very unfortunate with this experience. But you realise 
after talking to a lot of people that know it, it's all of us kind of having this having this issue. But there is that and there is a big thing about role models as well, which I think like you mentioned, if you if everyone that you see in the music industry looks a bit like the the, the burly man that you, you were saying is your friend now, we we feel like maybe there's a reason for that. Like I think our mind just just put some assumptions in there and there was a lot a lot of a long period of time where I felt like I could never be a producer and I couldn't work out why I thought that for a long time. But now reflecting on that a bit more, I think that is exactly why, because there was no one really I saw in that space that looked like me doing this, that I felt like, you know, maybe there's a reason, maybe women actually can't do this, which now I realise is crazy. But I think there are so many different aspects to this and, and looking at also society from years, years gone by. And there's this other concept called homophily, which I'm going to just butcher what that means. But essentially, we try to stick with what is most familiar to us and I think that's just an evolutionary thing of whoever looks different kind of kick them out sort of thing and when the woman in the studio looks quite different to what we're familiar with that's including with women as well we can tend to reject that idea a little bit which is maybe also why um, women feel less confident in this area because they're like oh you know I am the odd person out and maybe there's a reason for that. And then, of course, men think that they just don't take it seriously a lot of the time. So, so yeah, multifaceted issue it is, which is what makes it a hard thing and a thing to tackle with so many different, you know, prongs of approaches. So we'll get there hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Can only hope and just keep working yeah. to That's dismantle it. <laughs> and, yeah, 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 for sure. And as someone who's also an artist yourself, what is, I guess, the specific world of sound or I guess your favorite part of the process of like constructing like your own world with a song or like a full length project? Okay. So that's that's a great question and I feel like there are probably similarities between <clears throat> artists of what the favourite and least favourite part is. <laughs> but I think the most fun thing is when you are in just this state of flow, especially towards the early part of the creation process because there's no judgment to kind of get to something beautiful because you might you might not have anything yet so you're not putting that pressure on yourself and and just just creating a new world that didn't exist before and and expressing an emotion and and that people can also relate to as well so I I love I love that kind of at the early stage when you're just brainstorming and it's slowly starting to come together and and you can see where it's going the part that is the most challenging, I think, is the finishing part where you get to a point where 
you're like, oh, this is actually sounding good. Now I need to actually finish it so that it sounds really good and put it out there. And and then, you know, you're thinking about the release strategy and all of that stuff starts coming into your mind. And you that pressure starts building, I think, that, that for me anyway, that you start putting on yourself. And um, so, yeah, so I think, I recently spoke to Andrew Huang and we were talking about this, the the YouTuber, and he was saying that you need to just know during the starting of the process that it's not going to be that fun, which is the the last bit. And if you kind of know that up front, then you you won't kind of want to give up and, and just start something new and do the fun thing again, that it it does require a bit of not fun time for you to actually finish something. So so I think that's been really good advice <laughs> and maybe it will result in a few less abandoned projects. Yeah, definitely. Because it's a whole thing. And then once you get like near the end, it's almost like, you know, like when you're about to graduate or something, it's just like, okay, can we wrap this up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess growing up as a kid, what did what role did music have in your life at that point? Well, as a kid, I guess I so my parents aren't really super musical. My dad actually has a great voice, but he didn't really do much with it. But it was more my grandma through who I started singing and learning a bit about that and also we moved from India to Australia when I was seven so I feel like there was this kind of crossover between western music and Indian music that I grew up with and I didn't mean to do this but I feel like every time people listen to my music they always say oh it sounds like it has an Indian influence although it's not it's not really Indian music at all. So I think that just seeps into what I do from from what I was hearing growing up. But but yeah, aside from that, I guess we weren't maybe as musical a family as sometimes I hear when people get into music. And I guess I'm not I'm curious are are you a vinyl person at all or are you more of a tapes person or an online streaming person or something like that Yeah well no so I don't have I I've never owned a vinyl before and yeah I I guess physical media I I'm a little bit of a minimalist so I try to have as least things as possible as in own the least number of things and I remember when I moved to the UK and everything I owned was in one suitcase there was this crazy sense of freedom that I was like I never want to accumulate things and I think as nice it would as it would be to have you know a vinyl and a record player and all of that kind of thing I think I'm fine with with not having too many physical things and I've always even in my production and things a lot of what I do is just in the box and I don't really have external gear that I'm using too much of as well so yeah maybe that that all ties into the same you know slightly minimalistic way of thinking <laughs> That's interesting that you mentioned you felt a 
sense of freedom from relinquishing, like, I don't know, owning materials and stuff like that. It's, it's like Buddha. (laughs) Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think it it is a Buddhist thing, isn't it? Of like, you know, letting go of your physical possessions, but I I realized that everything that you accumulate in your life, especially that has high value, that's an expensive thing. There's a tiny bit of apprehension that comes with that. Like, for example, there are a couple of mics that I have now that, that are a bit more pricey and I am very kind of, I know where they are at all times and I want to make sure that they're not being thrown around and all of that kind of thing. And I didn't realize with each of these things adds a little bit more tension in your life because you are kind of worried about them being lost or something like that. But when you don't own anything, like you're like, well, take it. Like, I, I don't care. There's nothing of value in there anyway. So, yeah, a, a lot more stress free. <laughs> uh, what I'm curious too, what sort of things are you listening to right now? Are you a person who, I guess, draws inspiration from stu- from listening to other music or are you the type of person who can only work by sort of relinquishing all input or and stuff like that? I like that you gave me that option because I feel like that is me of not kind of putting too much input of other music into me as well, but because sometimes I feel like, or will people judge me if I say that? <laughs> but I, yeah, I think that is that is a thing for me because uh, sometimes I feel like as a musician you can tend to deconstruct things that you listen to all the time, which can be, yeah, well, thank you <laughs> for nodding and agreeing. So, yeah, so there, there is this thing where sometimes I feel like I take the pleasure out of it because I'm like, oh, what have they done here? And why have they done this? And why are there so few elements here? And, you know, so many elements there and all of that kind of stuff. So it's not maybe something that a lot of us do as a background background thing. So uh, so sometimes I feel like when I'm doing that a lot, I need a bit of a break, break from it. And um, it's not too often where I've, sat with something that I've heard and thought I, I want to I want to use specific elements of that but I guess that just happens naturally a bit yeah definitely like that's definitely something that I've that's a co- a big commonality that I've noticed like okay. the more I talk to people because like one band I talked to they mentioned if I listen to music, to other music, I get distracted and or jealous. Like, oh, why didn't I think of that? Or why am I, or I should be doing this. And yeah, so I definitely, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. It's such a thing, isn't it? And and I feel like it, it's something that I'm consciously trying to realize is that we are all on a completely separate journey. So like, there's no point comparing with, what someone else is doing and 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 then once you can do that you can sort of be happy for people and think oh you know I'm glad you're killing it but also realize that that doesn't take away from what you're doing but it's a much easier thing to say than to do <laughs> yeah for sure also we we're just talking about being like 
the whole the magic of minimalism and it's honestly really cool like like I know less is more is such a cliche but like it's honestly amazing like how much you can do with so little especially when it comes to making sound I saw a band called I saw a local band the other night and all they use is bass and drums and this had to be the most noisy sensory overload in a live setting I had ever experienced and all they were using is bass and drums and also obviously a shit shit ton of effects pedals but yeah that's a given I I guess but it's yeah it's really cool like what 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 do you feel like is the most magical part of sort of adapting to the less is more mentality I think that you can be so much more creative when you give yourself some serious limitations and I love that the band that you saw you know they had so much going on with just two two elements really and um I think perhaps more at the start when you are building your skills and you feel like I need more to make this sound better as far as more samples more plugins more everything to go in there but it's only maybe a little bit later that you realize that rather than having a million samples, not knowing where they are or what's in them and plugins that you barely know how to use, it's better to have much more limited tools that you know how to use well and and you you know exactly what to go to to get a particular sound. And, and as far as samples go, you can create with whatever you have like literally you know a a mug and a spoon and and I think there was that thing who was it anyway someone on some show that created something with a mug and a spoon in, in person live but not too long ago I gave myself a challenge of just talking for you know 10 seconds about just something random and making a song out of that sample of me kind of just talking away and I had so much fun with that because it really challenges you to to find all the elements that you need in a song in this one little sample and it it allows more creativity because when you have an endless number of options as far as tools that you have you're you're just spending more time in in coming up with a decision on what to use, let alone actually the creating part. So I'm all for giving yourself limitations, whether that's time limitations or tool limitations or, or whatever it is. And I'm also curious to know, like, who some of your favorite artists are to listen to or consume? Like, obviously, like, that's such a lofty question, because for everyone, it changes all the time. But I guess, like, it could be now, it could be, like, growing up, like, your first favorite band, it could be, um, yeah, I'm giving you the opposite of limitations, and I'm giving you endless (laughs) questions for this answer. (laughs) Okay, okay, yeah. Well, I think, when we talk about influence, I guess, like, some of the artists and albums that influenced me or I could kind of see my music in that realm because I didn't really know where my music fit in in the wider genre space. But when I heard these, they, you know, I felt very connected with them. But 
There was the Overgrown album by James Blake that I absolutely loved. He won by FK Twig, which was just such a masterpiece, I think. And Trilogy by The Weeknd, I'm maybe less into his more pop stuff now, but uh, that underground sound that he had early on, I, I really, really loved. So, yeah, so yeah. those were kind of some major influences. The flavor. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the weekend sampled Susie and the Banshees, like on like a House of Balloons song, I think, didn't he? Like that's like, yeah, like a lot of the earlier stuff when you go digging, mm. like it's really cool. And yeah, obviously like sure. FK Twigs is just immaculate. And I also want to ask about the collaboration process too. So when you're collaborating with other artists, what what do you feel like are some of the best experiences that you've had collaborating with other people in recent years? So I guess one of my favorite collaboration experiences was there were these, there was this app called Vampa. I don't know if it's still around, but when I was in the UK, I was using this app and it's kind of like Tinder, but for artists and you can put in your kind of what you, what you do and what you're looking for in a collaborator and, and you kind of get yeah, just, just match. So I met up with these two, two guys. I liked their, their sound, but I wasn't too sure exactly what they were about, but it ended up being just a really nice, nice collaboration, even though we had a few overlapping skills. So I think sometimes with collaborations, what people go for is complementary skills. So if you don't have a certain skill, looking for someone else with that, but all of us were producers, actually, and two of us were singers and songwriters as well. So there was a lot of overlap there. And sometimes in those collaborations, the roles can be a bit blurred and you can feel like you're stepping on other people's toes. But it all, it worked really well, in fact. Like I remember there was a desk with the the production gear and laptop and everything. And there was one person sitting on that and the other two kind of listening back and, and, and just taking it in. And then as soon as one person on the couch might be like, oh, actually I'm hearing this other thing, then we just kind of swap roles and then, you know, that person would take the driver's seat and, and kind of work on it from there. And that was that was really fun. And I think there was there was really a lack of ego. I think sometimes you can maybe one person is taking over everything and and it can be a little bit less of an equal equal right or something like that but that wasn't the case and everyone was really respectful and it all came together really really well actually so it's a song song called MRI that I released a few years ago but yeah really really enjoyed that collaboration that's really cool. Yeah, I listened to that before we logged on. So I'm glad you okay. mentioned that specific <laughs> song. And I guess before I let you go, what are what are you most excited about that you have in store for the coming new year? So from an MPW perspective, we are 
So we launched our first one-year program this year, which has been intense and there's been so much work behind it and I'm really grateful for for my team as well to kind of pull that together and and it's been it has been quite successful if I can say that myself and next year we're looking to launch a, a year two for the first year students, which is going to be a whole whole other thing, and there are kind of writing camps involved and and, and projects, uh, you know, fun production projects and things, which is going to be so much fun. And I, I wish I was a student on that myself because I think yeah, it's going to be great. So that is something that I'm really excited about from a Zyla Aria perspective. I have an album that I've that's just been kind of sitting on the computer and next year I'm like that's it I'm gonna get it done so I'm mixing it right now so I'll be aiming to put that out next year so yes I'm very very excited about that because I think we all know the feeling of songs sitting on the hard drive thinking you know we've got to put them out so yeah (laughs) that'll be good. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining me for a chat. I thoroughly enjoyed your time and I hope you have an amazing rest of the season. Thank you, Isabel. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to Sounding Out with Izzy and thank you to Zylo Aria for joining me today. Remember to subscribe and sign up for the mailing list on my YouTube channel and written blog, both under the name A Girl's Two Sound Sense. Give the podcast a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're interested, consider donating to my Patreon at patreon.com backslash a girl's two sound sense. That's girl with three R's and no I. Thank you so much for listening, and I will catch you in the next episode of Sounding Out with Izzy.